Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of DFS Today. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am here joined by a new member of our team, Mr. Kenny Taylor, a new member of the Sports Ethos team. We are excited to have him, man. He's been playing DFS for, I believe you said, 10 years, Kenny. Is that correct? Yeah, 10 years and going. Yeah, nice, man. And uh, tell us a little bit about your background, man. Obviously, you know, this DFS thing, you know, what do you what is your background as far as like being an NBA fan, you know, following basketball, playing basketball, all that good stuff? Oh, man, no problem. Let's see. Um, as a kid back in 97, I made a horrible decision about mm-hmm. making the Clippers my favorite team just because <laughs> they drafted with somebody with the last name Taylor. So oh, I was okay. all like, man, let me get this jersey. It has my name <laughs> on it. That's going to be me in a couple years. But, um, you know, ended up being a fan for the past 20 years. Um, and following some of my past Clippers into um, other leagues as well. So not only do I follow NBA, I follow um, EuroLeague. Okay. And um, actually, I was getting some research done for the Australia basketball slate that's happening tonight. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, if you remember yeah. um, Bryce Cotton, he was um, he's actually on, on the slate tonight. <laughs> he was on the he was on the Spurs, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and he was also on I think the Memphis G League team. Okay, if I Fair. remember right. Um, but yeah, outside of that, been doing um, DFS for NBA, um, EuroLeague, WNBA, all that for the past hmm, ten years. Or now so. the Clippers, the Clippers about twenty years ago was that that Baron Davis, Stromile Swift type team, or was that was that even the <sighs> That. <laughs> it was before that. Like those was the oh. good days as a oh, okay. That was like, oh, we had playoff hopes. Uh, twenty years ago we had um Pooh Richardson, that Quinton Richardson, oh, Richardson. Okay. Right. Lloyd Vaught, Rodney Rogers, Maurice Oof. Taylor. Oof. Um, that's rough, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, let's just stop right there. Let's just stop right there. Let's get to this. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. The people came here for some DFS. We're gonna give them some DFS, but no, we're excited to, to have you on the team, Kenny. Man, that's been me just kind of running solo a lot here. So trying to grow out this podcast team and uh excited to have you on board. But yeah, we got a uh you know pretty fun here, seven game slate coming up here on Monday. And we're gonna chat about it, man. There's a couple of games I really like on this slate. Uh, Kenny, and uh, not sure, you know, what you're thinking. I, I know you told me a little bit about it, but, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through some of the games that I like a lot. Uh, but before I do that, I'm going to let you all know out there, if you're listening, go get that DFS pass. You're going to be able to talk to Kenny, uh, who's going to be part of our team. You're going to be able to talk to me. Uh, it's our Discord. You get access to that. Uh, you also get access to all of our top plays uh, via our DFS delivery, which comes out every day uh, for all of our subscribers. So you definitely want to get get, in, get into that. It's only $4.99 right now a month. I mean, honestly, it is a, a steal. It's going to go up. you got to get it before it does. So uh, go sign up for that. If you'd want to also get a, a, take advantage of the Fantasy Pass and the Wager Pass, sign up for the Ethos Ethos, Ethos, wow, Ethos 360 uh, Pass, which gets you access to all three of those. And that is also a very affordable price. But, Kenny, um, you know what I'm rocking, man? I, I'm liking two games I think I'm going to start. I think I'm going to have a lot of lineups where I'm stacking two games, basically. And the first one I really have on my slate here that I like to stack – is uh, it's got to be the Pacers and Brooklyn Nets, and uh, man, I'm I'm like all over the Pacers this season. It feels like I'm I'm like always on them, and I'm actually, to our listeners' surprise, I am not going to suggest Jalen Smith in this one. Not gonna do it. <laughs> I've seen what's happened now that Miles Turner is back. 
uh, and I'm not liking it necessarily. He's a, he's a pretty affordable price. If you want to work him into your lineups, I, I, I can't blame you. Go for it. But um, my favorite play in the entire slate, Kenny, is probably Miles Turner at 5,500. I mean, this dude um, just put up, uh, was it 53 DK points or something like that the last time he came out? It was over 50. And um, he's he's playing, you know, over 30 minutes again. And as long as that's happening for Miles Turner against his Brooklyn Nets squad that, you know, they have Nick Claxton down there. But as far as, like, people that are down low that are going to be dominant, I'm not super scared of this team. So I love Miles Turner at 5,500. Talk me off of it. Talk me into it. How are you feeling about it, man? Oh, no, I cannot even talk you off of that. Um, I actually had my eyes on um, Turner for 55 as well. Um, but one player that I'm actually going to look at as a GPP play is going to actually probably surprise a lot of people, and that's Harris. Um, I saw him play the last few games coming back from an injury, and his men has been increasing. And a defense like the Pacers, <laughs> they don't really guard the threes. <laughs> yeah. Like that 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 don't happen. And um, you know, Royce O'Neal had what, four, five three pointers against them last game? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. so if I gotta pick somebody to take a flyer on, it would probably have to be Joe Harris at that price tag. No, I like that call. You know, we've actually been on top of uh, Royce O'Neal on this show for the last uh, couple of weeks, but now you like you said Joe Harris is back in the mix. Seth Curry's working his way back in the mix. So it's like, um, you know, that, that Royce O'Neal value has really dropped off a cliff. So, uh, no, I do like that. Joe Harris at 4,200. Um, I can't I can't knock you on that, man. That's good. He's played, let's see, I'm looking at these minutes right now, 18, 23, 21, 24. So, man, if you can get a few more, like that 28-minute range, I, yeah. I do like that a lot. And I think that could, that could be possible here if they ramp him up a little bit more. So I do like that. Um, another guy I like in this game here. I can get back to my screen. There we go. Second, my second favorite play in the here in this uh, game here is actually on the same side of the ball. It's on the Indiana side. I just love the Pacers, man. I don't know why. I love the bad teams, but no, Buddy Heald at fifty nine hundred. Um, you know, I think I think people sleep. I think it's easy to overlook this guy because, like, you know, it's easy to knock this guy's game. Like he's a three and D player. He's or not even D. He's a three player. He's a three point shooter. <laughs> that just you know, that's all he really does. But he really, I mean, for the Pacers, he's been really contributing across the board. You know, he's got the assists out there. Uh, he's got points. He's got threes. Um, you know, not necessarily going to give you a lot of boards, but, like, I feel like he's got a very decent floor, and he's got the uh, possibility to have a pretty high ceiling. Uh, 5,900, uh, he, he's get about, what, 35, 34, 35 DK points to hit 6X value there, and he's done that in the last three games. Uh, actually, the last four games straight. So, you know, I'm looking at uh, Buddy Harris at 5,900 as basically a lock on for me. I mean, you know, am I crazy here? I mean, he hasn't – he shot – he shot. okay, so he shot particularly well in two out of those four games. But the other two games, you know, 43% or so, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's crazy to think this guy can still put up, you know, another 35-40 burger. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking almost the exact opposite right there um he got there in a game that was actually close throughout the whole game they actually had the lead as well which actually gave him that many minutes um plus turner was out i know different position but that's going to take some ancillary stats from him so how many rebounds did he have that last game I yeah he had nine boards. yeah, yeah it was, he doesn't typically, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't typically that's that yeah i don't really see that happening again so i'm seeing like maybe ugh, 28 
26 DK points out of him for 5,900. I feel like I could get that elsewhere on the seven-game slate. Okay. Not feeling it. That's okay, man. We can always defer, of course. Um, tell me, who else do you like in this game, then, if uh, if not him? Do you like anybody else in this Indiana-Berkeley game? There is one player that I feel like it's going to be worth taking a shot on if you want to spin up, and that's, of course, KD. Mm-hmm. Um, his performance last game, ooh, um, <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Um, 9,900 for what, 44 DK points, if I remember mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really see this being a, you know, nice little 65 spot for him if it stays competitive again and he get a shot going as well yeah. as his rebounds and assists because, what, less than 10 total rebounds and assists in the last game? It's been down this whole season, which is kind of crazy. I, you know, you're waiting for him to kind of turn it on because I do have him in a, in a few fantasy leagues. And I'm like, dude, when are you going to, like, turn this other stuff on? Because, I mean, he's scoring, but uh, but the ancillary stats, like you said, they're, you know, they're not quite there. He had five rebounds, two assists last game. He did put up four blocks and three steals, which is quite nice. I don't know if he can do that again. But, yeah, um, but yeah I mean, this is a guy, I mean, he was getting, like, near double-digit, you know, rebounds last season. And that just hasn't happened yet this season. I'm not sure why. Um, so hopefully that will come around. Uh, he only got two assists and, and he's had more in every single game, basically this season, except for one of them. So uh, I would look for that to be up a little bit, but yeah, the, you're talking about the eight for 20 shooting and that's really the, the, the area of opportunity where he could, you know, score a little bit more. Uh, I actually do have some interest though, in his running mate too, Kyrie Irving at 9,500. Uh, I know he just had a big game and obviously, uh, you know, I, the reason I, so not to get too in the weeds here, but the reason I have interest in Kyrie Irving is actually because I do play GPPs mainly, and I do feel like a lot of people are going to be off of him for personal reasons because of some of the stuff that's been in the news <laughs> recently. And so I feel like his ownership is going to be a little lower than what it should be. You know, 9,500, though, um, you know, this guy's averaging about 50 DK points or so, and he put up, uh, you know, 260 burgers there in the last four games. So, um, you know, I think there's definitely some opportunity there for him, especially in a game environment like this. Brooklyn Nets need to get a win. Indiana Pacers, like you said, their defense isn't great. Um, so I do have some interest in Kyrie as well. So I think you can go to either of those guys personally. But, yeah, I, I do like some Kyrie there. Um, I got two other guys here. I'm not, like, super-duper high on these guys. But I do like, uh, obviously, Tyrese Halliburton, 8,500. He's been 8,300 the last two slates. But, um, I mean, this guy just continues to produce. I mean, you know, is there any reason to believe he's going to slow down? Let me ask you that, Kenny. Oh, no, no. Um, I, I was loving Halliburton all season long and, um, even in best ball, I really, really reached for him in most of my best ball leagues. Um, really love the production he has going, but I actually would, uh, fade up this slate and actually go with the Ricky from Arizona. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got him too. Yeah. Go ahead. You can mention him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Ben just been probably my biggest surprise in this draft class um yeah um and the minutes that coach has given him is actually increasing each game he kind of took um the spot in that little rotation and somebody who can get you a couple rebounds a couple steals a couple assists i could really see him going for about 34 drafting points for his price tag yeah, he's only 6K, and, you know, he only hits, he's hit about maybe 30 to 36 DK points to really be a good a good selection here. 
And he's done that in two games this season. The ones that he's missed in, he's shot the ball pretty bad. So, like, he shot 38%, 27%, 36%. And uh, he is a rookie, so, you know, there is going to be a little up and down. But, man, if his shot is falling, though, um, yeah, I mean, I I like him here also. So, I've got him on my my, uh, player pool as well. So, I usually do about 20 lineups or so. So, maybe I'll have him in, like, three or four of those lineups um, just as a pivot. I don't know if I'm going to have a lot of Halliburton either. Uh, to tell you the truth, which uh, is what you mentioned, just because I feel like he's going to have high ownership. Uh, and if I'm in a GPP, there's other guys in that 8 eight to 9K range I'd rather have just because they're going to have lower ownership. So I feel you on that one for sure. Um, so let's move on, though. I do have an interest in one other game on this slate here, uh, Kenny, and I want to talk about it with you, man. Sacramento Kings and Charlotte Hornets. Uh, always whenever the Hornets are playing, I got interest because there's so many people out. Obviously, Rozier... I think he's doubtful for this one, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's doubtful. I have to lean towards him not playing. I don't think, you know, they have any reason or incentive to rush him back. I mean, they're not trying to win basketball games. The Charlotte Hornets are not a very good basketball team. So I'd have to imagine he doesn't play. I'm going to operate as if he doesn't play while I'm setting my lineups, my early lineups here. And then I'll adjust from there. If he gets ruled in, I'll probably end up fading a lot of these, these uh, uh, Hornets players. But, no, I do have some interest on that side of the ball. I do have some interest in uh, – I think actually one of the guys I have the most interest in is Gordon Hayward at 6,200. He's a boring pick. He's more of a cash play. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have him in like every single GPP lineup. But I think at 6,200, he's a very safe play, and he's going to guarantee get you 30 DK points pretty much. I really don't see him missing that uh, as long as it ends up being a competitive game. That's the only thing you got to think about. So I heard you make a noise. You disagree with me. I mean, it's like like you said, it's a safe cash play. Um, typically, if I'm looking for a 6K guy who don't really have too high of a ceiling, uh, but a decent floor, I will try to pivot away from that. And going into the same game and actually on the same side, I would actually pivot to um, PJ Washington okay. for 5,700, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So you beat the ownership and I want to say he has a little bit of a higher ceiling than Gordon Hayward. His Mm -hmm. minutes are also a little bit more secured. So even if the game does blow out, I'm pretty sure PJ is going to get you a few more minutes in that blowout than Hayward would. And, you know, you just need to get his shot to fall. And mm-hmm. if he takes another game of what twenty shot attempts he had on Golden State, I forget mm-hmm. it was it was ridiculous. It was just like the PJ Washington <laughs> show. Um, you're gonna be able to get five percent ownership on a seven game slate for somebody who gets you thirty DK points. And that'd be a nice little spot. Hey, that's a fair point, man. And uh, and you might be right about that. I don't know. I'm after a little side bet here, Gordon Hayward versus PJ Washington. I feel like PJ is definitely like that boomer bust guy though. And he's definitely, definitely, definitely going to have low ownership. So uh, you may be right about that, that that's a smarter play for sure. Um, I will point out, though, that, that my favorite play probably in this game entirely, and I know you probably – you're going to disagree. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because you did tell me beforehand some of your plays you like. But um, I love Darren Fox at 8,800. And I know you, you like someone else on the, on the Sacramento side of the ball a little bit more. But, uh, I mean, I think this is the guy that – he. here's the thing about – you know, let me let me go ahead. I'm gonna let you talk about. It. Go ahead. Let me tell tell me your guy that you like. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, honestly, favorite player on the slate is actually Sabonis. Um, I love him in this matchup. 
anytime I could get a skilled big against Charlotte, healthy or that healthy, I'm always going to gravitate towards that. Um, they always give you a high total, fast-paced offense, lots of rebounds, easy assists for a big. I really see him getting about about oof, 32 PRA to escape. So definitely a double-double bonus right there. 8-2, a lot of flexibility. Only downside about it is he takes up a center spot, and there's two other setters that I really yeah. want to have on this slate. Turner yeah. is one of them, like you said, and of course the spend up if he plays is MB. So. I think it's I think it's because I was like because I when I try to do this for you guys and I look at this slate and and these slates and I try to like make a lineup I, I'm like actually going in there and putting people in lineups I think that's the problem I had I was like how do I fit Sabonis into this because you're right man like the one concern I have with Sabonis is that his his foul trouble this season has been a real issue right. And that's kept his minutes down a little bit, and that's suppressed his uh, his his fantasy points. That's an opportunity, though, especially for you GPP players out there. You know, all you need to know, all you need to have is him not to be in foul trouble, for him to get opportunity. And if you're looking at this Charlotte Hornets team, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm just going by eye test from the games I've watched with Charlotte Hornets. I watch a lot of basketball games. Um, I don't feel like they have a lot of people that are going to get some bonus in foul trouble. It's just not going to happen. So if that's good, if that's the case then Sabonis at that little bit cheaper price point probably makes a lot more sense in this game. And this game is one of the ones that has, I think actually has the highest total according to Vegas on the whole slate, 237.5, I think it was. So, yeah, yeah so so I do I do think uh, you may be in the right there, but I did have problems, like you said, fitting him into my lineups because of the center eligibility. So that's why I think the Aaron Fox is another guy you can gravitate towards and you can get him in your lineups and, and be pretty safe about that. Um, I do also like Ubre Jr. Kenny, Kelly Ubre Jr. at 5,900 as a pivot off of Gordon Hayward. Gordon, we already talked about Gordon Hayward having a lot of ownership. Uh, I've always had interest in Ubre Jr. in fantasy in general, but I feel like, you know, his stat set, he's got a very diversified stat set. And so he has that ability. He's not going to get the double double though on the DK you know platform. So that is something to think about, but um, but he's going to have, I think, lower ownership, especially lower than Gordon Hayward. So what are your feelings about Ubre Jr.? I like him on this slate. Um, I was actually looking at another player who's a little bit cheaper than Ubre on this slate, which was um, Jalen McDaniels. Mm-hmm. But, His minutes are coming up, yeah. But I want to say if I play in cash, I definitely would pick Ubre over McDaniels, but if I'm looking for a GPP pivot um, who could kind of fill in a similar role, I would probably go um, McDaniels on this. He's going to have definitely lower ownership than either of those guys, so uh, yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, I'm going to also throw out Theo Melodin at 3,300 out there. I don't think he's going to have – there's not – a really big ceiling there, but I'm looking at guys 4K and under on the slate. I just like like to scroll down and just like take a look just to see who's on there, see who we can fit in, just to see if we can get some of those studs in our lineups. And I'm not seeing a whole lot down there, man. Let me ask you that because I, I do have Theo Maladon here at 3300 as as a guy you can go to as just kind of a pump play. But is there any guys you know 4K and under that you saw on the slate that you liked? Um, it's kind of counter intuitive to buy a pick but if um Sabonis does get in foul trouble Rashad Holmes 
mm. would be in a great spot <laughs> against this Charlotte Hornets team. Um, I'm not sure if you remember his production against this team last year, but it's it was double double in about 22 minutes of play. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you feel like Sabotis will get in foul trouble, um, Rashad Holmes for oof, three sets. Three sets. Yeah. Um, great. If you're yeah. <laughs> no, if you're game scripting and you're like you know hey look I, I know Sabonis has been getting in foul trouble and I feel like. Mason Plumlee is going to get in a foul trouble. I mean, whatever your game scripting is, you know, you stick with it and you say, hey, I'm going to follow this through. Then, yeah, I, I agree with you there, though. With Sean Holmes, he's a good player. That's actually a guy I was – every time you, someone brings up his name, it's the one NBA player that my brother played against in high school, and, like, he never uh, shuts up about it. But he was a goofy, goofy-looking dude in high school. He's still a goofy-looking dude, but I love that dude. He's a he's a very happy-go-lucky guy. Very, very, uh, very nice family, too, so – uh, shout out to Rashawn Holmes. Uh, I will throw another guy that's under 4K, and I've been throwing this guy out. I'm going to keep throwing this guy out. You guys are going to be sick of me. I'm glad I got other people on this podcast now to be like, no, okay, shut up. You want this guy instead. Because I keep talking about the same guys, but uh, Anya Kongu at 3,700. Um, I'm just still, still, still waiting for the game that Capella pulls a hammy or gets in foul trouble or whatever, right? And Yaka Kongu gets 25-plus minutes, and I'm like, boom, 3,700, that's a smash spot, man. If this guy actually gets 20, 25 minutes, uh, you know, he's going to absolutely crush his price point. So I do like some of the Yaka Kongu anytime he's under 4K. So I will throw him out there as an under 4K play. Um, that's really that, – I mean, we've exhausted my, my player list at this point. I, I'm still waiting for a lot of the you know, you know, injury news to drop and stuff like that. But uh, Kenny, let me throw it to you, man. Are the other guys? You said there was another center on the plate on the slate you like, so let me let me throw it to you for that one. But also just run through any other guys you got that you're really into on the slate. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um. To actually add from that Atlanta game, mm-hmm. um, Aaron Holiday. I really feel. Oh, oh you cut out who- there. Oh, can you Go ahead, start over again. Yeah, Aaron Holiday. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's um Aaron Holiday, and I feel like in this spot, it is a low game total, lowest game total on the slate. But I do feel like this is a game that could actually have blowout potential. So if you want to take a risk on getting 18 Aaron Holiday minutes for three three, get about 18 22 DraftKings points from him. That will let you um add in a couple more studs like um. And B, if he plays against Washington <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. And and B, is that the other guy you're into? Yeah, that was definitely the stud that I was into on the slate. Mm-hmm. But like always, you never know if he plays. Yeah. How do you feel about that Philadelphia team so far? It's like they've been kind of like, uh, I mean, underwhelming, right? They've lost a lot of games. And James Harden was incredible the first, like, couple games. But we all knew that was going to kind of fall off. Joel Embiid's the guy there, right? So, like, I'm still waiting for this guy to put up, you know, like a 70 DK point game. Like, is this, is this the spot he's going to do it in? Uh, or do you think he has a good chance of doing that? I, I feel like he, he has a great chance of doing it. Um, just as long as they're not trying to play the Houston 76ers. Like you said, if it's the James Harden show, it kind of isolates. And beat out the game, yeah. um, but I really do think 
playing against Porzingis on a back-to-back. Uh, I, I really don't see how Embiid could that gets you about 60 to 70 DK points in this position. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like he's in a real smash spot, man. Any other guys you like on this slate? Um, Outside of that, ooh, um, possibly Fred Van Fleet. Okay. Um, Drew Holiday played the same Atlanta team and went for, oof, probably his best game of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he get you? About 60 DK points two nights ago? Mm-hmm. And Fred Van Fleet, uh, he was he's, he was struggling with his shot so far yeah. this season. And I'm looking at 0 a- for 11 last game. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. In <laughs> uh, a paced up spot. Yeah. Against the uh, Atlanta Hawks, I really do think if anybody could find his shot, it will be against the Atlanta Hawks in this spot. Um, and for seven seven, that's the risk I would take for five percent ownership. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have very low ownership. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that Atlanta Hawks team and their their perimeter defense. I haven't looked into that yet. That's a very good thing for me to look at. So uh, if you are playing DFS, I'll go look at that with Dejounte Murray and and uh, Trey Young back there because Trey Young's so bad in defense, so bad. Like I, I watch this dude play, like oh, man, and people are like, you don't like Trey Young? Like he's exciting to watch on offense. Like don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I, I, he's fun. Like, I get that. I get the fun factor. I definitely do. But, like, man, I, I, I like to watch the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, yeah, he's just not. Nah, there's no way. I'm not taking Trey out of my team if I'm trying to win basketball games. Uh, not on defense, at least. And uh, so I'm curious to see how DeJounte Murray, because, like, a lot of the theories out there were like, oh, yeah, DeJounte Murray's going to help with that, with his hard nose, you know, dog defense and stuff like that. So uh, I have to look into that, what their perimeter defense is like this season. But uh, I would guess – off the top of my head, you're basically playing 4.5 versus 5 on defense. You're probably not doing so hot. So uh, that's my guess, but we'll, we'll take a look at that. Um, no, man, that's that's awesome. And, you know, let's move on. Um, let me tell you guys about Thrive Fantasy, <laughs> which I have told you many, many times before. But come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is daily fantasy sports and esports app player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Hit the most props and rack up the most points when you share the prize pool. Use promo code ETHOS when you sign up today, and you will receive a 100% deposit, instant first deposit match bonus up to 250 bucks. Go sign up at ThriveFantasy.com. Like, seriously, do it. It is uh, a lot of fun. If you guys play prize picks, if you guys play, uh, let's get one, underdog. Uh, Thrive, basically the same thing. But they also have these big you know, tournaments where you pick like 10 out of 20 player props, which is what we're going to talk about right now, uh, Kenny. And uh, you, win a, you win a good amount of money. I actually won one of them last year. And I was mentioning again, I nearly won a second one. <laughs> and uh, I lost because LeBron James decided to score two more points before he checked out the game. You know, F LeBron. Like, you know, that's okay. But uh, I still got my money, so it's all, it's all good. Uh, all right, so there's a couple of props I like here, Kenny. Let me uh, give one, and then I'll, I'll have you give one. And you said you had, might have some other props from other uh, websites, and that's fine, too, if you have those as well. Um, but, yeah, I like Devonta Simonis, over 27.5 points of rebounds. <laughs> And that gets you 100 points in that uh, that that tourney. Um, but, yeah, I do think that he does stay out of foul trouble here. 
Um, you know, 27 and a half points of rebounds is absolutely nothing for this guy. He's going to grab like 15 boards. So he only needs, you know, what, 13 points to, to hit this. Uh, I think it's an absolute steal. So go ahead and lock in that over there on Demontis Sabonis. What do you got for me, Kenny? Um, actually going back to, um, DeJounte Murray, I actually got his, um, under 20.5 points in this game, especially with this low point total. Mm -hmm. Um, I really don't see Murray getting past the 15, 18 mark this game. Um, outside of that. The only other prop that I really liked on there was um, Fred Van Vliet, mm-hmm. 6.5 assists. Same game, game script go how I was thinking it was going to go. Um, that should probably be about two assists too low for that prop to me. Because I feel like this will be the breakout Van Vliet game that we've been looking for. I am looking for that, man. I had been playing like a ton of fantasy teams last season. It was really good for me, but I don't, I don't think I, I wonder if I, I don't think I have my, any of my teams this season, but uh, still I'm looking for that, that breakout game. Uh, I do like Bradley Beal under 22 and a half points against that Philadelphia 76ers defense. Uh, I think the Sixers are going to be motivated to win this game. Um, I think it could, there is a potential here for a blowout. I dude, I, I've been saying like the wizards are, Mid AF, <laughs> and I can't get over that. They're a totally mid team. Uh, I covered them for actually two years for uh, for fan sided, and like I still have a lot of people I follow on that and that Wizards uh, uh, you know bubble on Twitter, and it's just such a mid, like it's just not a good team. Like it's it's an okay team. Like they're probably better than a lot of people give them credit for, but uh, but I could see some blow up potential here with the Philadelphia 76ers. I think they could you know take it to the Wizards here. Um, so I do like Beal under 22 and a half points. He struggled tonight uh, and, you know, didn't really score a whole lot in the first half and then kind of turned it on. But uh, he is a scorer, so there is a little bit of risk there, but it's 105 points in that attorney. I also like Miles Turner over two and a half blocks and steals. Um, they added the and steals on there. I would actually maybe even take this at blocks because he's gotten four and five blocks in his first couple of games. So all he needs is a couple of blocks and one steal. To hit this, I think that's an absolutely smash, absolutely smash spot, and it gets you 95 points, so it's a little bit under 50-50 odds, basically. And the last one I got here is Paul George, over 34.5 points, rebounds, and assists, and that's if Kawhi sits. Uh, if Kawhi does play, I would maybe second-guess that, but with if Kawhi sits, which he might, uh, PG uh, has been struggling a little bit, but I think 34.5 uh, points, rebounds, and assists for a Clippers team here, that's going to be on a, I think they're on a back-to-back also. Um, it, it's just uh, t- a little bit too low for me. So, any other props you like out there, Kenny? Um, outside of that, um, all the props ain't out for the game yet. But yeah. if John Morant does sit out again, um, Desmond Bain three-point prop against Utah. Um, thinking this is gonna be around three point five. I would definitely um lock that one in <laughs> yeah that sounds like a good one i'll just take a look at that man for sure uh all right man well that's gonna do it for us so guys that is it that's your dfs slate little primer there uh for monday the seven game slate i am keith cork you can find me on twitter at at bsbp keith and kenny where can the good people find you man oh uh, um if you want to hear more about me 
Um, you can find me at Orange DFS at Twitter. Orange DFS at Twitter. Go follow that, guys, definitely. And, uh, you know, let us know how the show's going. Give us a five-star review. If there's something you absolutely hate, give us five stars and tell us, hey, I hate this. And you know what? We're going to change it for you. That's how much we love you guys. So just give us that five-star review. Uh, tell us what you think. And uh, we always take your input and try to put it in the show. We love you guys, so we want to give you guys the best DFS content we can give you. So uh, until next time, hey, let's go get that money. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.